0: hey there welcome to another stream of rocket msp i'm steve taylor your host today i am joined by jeremy oaks jeremy welcome sir Oh, thank you yeah so uh jeremy you are with automation theory um you guys can check out automationtheory.org to learn more about the company but um Today, my goal is to learn more about what automation theory is, does, and specifically this reverse po- proxy that you guys have for uh, ConnectWise products. Yeah. yeah. So so why don't you tell me a little bit about automation theory and, and maybe your background of, of what made you start up automation theory?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my story begins uh, working for an MSP. Uh, I uh, right out of college, I went to school for uh, computer science, and right out of college, I got hired into the the MSP world. Uh, I had a knack for coding and scripting, as you you might guess, and uh, I soon became the the automate administrator, and then I became the only automate administrator uh, for uh, about uh, at the time it was eight thousand endpoints, and that grew to ten thousand. Plus endpoints in my tenure there, and uh, I inherited a sick Automate server. It wasn't running well, and uh, as an organization, we were gearing up for things like SOC two compliance and you know uh, penetration tests and all that. And so we were having discussions about you know how do you secure a Connect Automate stack? How do you keep this thing running, and uh, and also maintain all the business goals along with that? So uh, it I realized that uh, every other MSP uh, at, at that size and that various other sizes, they have the exact same problems. And well, uh, it'd be nice if somebody actually brought solutions to market for this. And that's where automation theory was born. And as I say, the rest is history.
0: All right. So for those of you that have questions and are watching us live, Feel free to pop them into the chat. Happy to answer those. Um, So so let's talk about uh, what exactly automation theory does for ConnectWise.
1: Yeah, we are uh, an infrastructure consulting parameter. As I like to say, oil changes entire rotations for your automate server. uh, And that's, that's one side of the org and then the other Side of the shop is uh, body armor for your MSP, and so uh, we uh, we steer clear of you know anything that be uh, virtual administration type consulting. There are a lot of other consulting firms that will help you kind of build out your your tooling and help you build scripts and searches and automations and actually making the tool work. But uh, we are the only firm focused specifically on. Uh, keeping it running and keeping it secure.
0: All right. So, uh, you, I think you said Connectwise Automate is what mm-hmm. you focus on. Is that the RMM tool? Yep. Okay. It's it's so confusing for me because they've got manage <laughs> and they've got automate, and I feel like manage you want to manage the endpoints, and automate you want to Professional Services Automation PSA. So mm-hmm. I always get their stupid software mixed up. Um, all right, so, so you guys uh, basically protect the RMM, the ConnectWise RMM. And I, I just wanna be clear that this is for on-prem servers. You can't really do anything for ConnectWise hosted stuff, right?
1: Correct.
0: Okay. Is, is on-prem still a thing? Like for as much, for as much uh, money as they charge, just let them deal with it.
1: Well, you might actually be better off running your own server. Uh, that might be a different uh, podcast episode. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot of advantages to running your your server on-prem. Uh, performance, security, along with uh, the ability to do various integrations and all that. So,
0: Okay. All right, so um, let's see here. Reverse proxy, what is it? it? Because I I know what a proxy is. Uh, a reverse proxy is it just backwards?
1: Basically. Uh, so uh, a normal proxy is for outbound internet traffic, and mm-hmm. you use that for content filtering, things like that. You know, you've got school computer lab, and you want to make sure the kids are. Uh, staying away from certain sites or can only access XYZ educational resources. So you'd configure your proxy server to process those outbound requests. And uh, a re- reverse proxy, well, it's the opposite. You have a server that you want to protect. So you put a proxy in front of it and the internet talks to the proxy and uh, not to your actual server directly.
0: So when when we have a reverse proxy, when it, it doesn't really do us any good unless we are telling the agents for the RMM that they need to talk to the proxy instead of directly to our server then.
1: Correct. You'd need to move your, your agent traffic, your uh, optionally your technician traffic, and uh, all of your uh, various integrations. But uh, don't worry. It's actually easier than that sounds.
0: Okay, that's good because... Um, for those of you that don't know this, I'm lazy. So if it's a lot of work, I don't want to do it.
1: All right. Yeah. So
0: should, why, why don't you, I know you've got some slides. Um, and I, as boring as it sounds, everybody, I think I need some slides to understand this a little better. So let's, let's go through this and figure some things out here.
1: Yeah. So, uh, with the introductions out of the way, uh, the one prerequisite before we start to dive into uh, a reverse proxy uh, would be uh, a little bit of a, a overview of why uh, the business case for you know uh, this type of technology and all of that. So uh, historically, as bad actors have been attacking MSPs, uh, it, it was different in the past. And uh, before, it was normally based around just poor fundamentals. You either had uh, weak credentials, there was you know a lack of MFA, or there was a poor security configuration. Like you know the admin forgot to set up like account lockouts or something like that, and people were able to uh, you know brute force into your RMM tools and then use it to deploy malicious software. And good fundamentals are still important, but the modern attack patterns are shifting away from vulnerabilities in the actual, or two vulnerabilities in the actual software and away from its actual underlying configuration. And Kaseya VSA is a prime example of that. So uh, for years, you know, that, that guidance to MSPs of good fundamentals uh, was you know unchanging and responsible MSPs did just that. They used strong credentials, they enabled MFA, they patched their servers and thought all was well with the world. But unfortunately, uh, with an application vulnerability, uh, you can do everything right from the fundamentals point of view and still actually get exploited. And that's what happened with Kaseya VSA. You had over 60 MSPs who were ransomed due to application flaws including uh, an MFA bypass. And so that is, you know, the uh, part of the fundamental why uh, that you'd want to put extra security in front of your RMM. Uh, And uh, one thing we'd like to note is that, uh, as you can see on the slide here, the Kaseya attack could have been a lot worse Uh, to this day. Well, as of yesterday, actually, you know, uh, grab that that search data there. uh, There are over 800 Kaseya VSA servers still hooked directly to the internet. So uh, this is something that our our industry uh, still struggles with. uh, And uh, these underlying techniques of zero day exploits against the application are just going to continue to rise.
0: Okay. But but that's Kaseya VSA. I mean th- obviously they have exploits because they've got a lot of tech debt. ConnectWise, I mean they're they're just a fantastic company without any issues, right? So we don't need this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Well uh it's it's one of those things where uh you can you can say what you want about about ConnectWise, but every every piece of software has a bug uh and we see that all the time right microsoft is releasing patches monthly and if we compare connectwise against microsoft uh, i would say that microsoft is um better in terms of uh just uh, pipelines like they've been building like operating systems and very large complex pieces of software uh, that are much larger than a single RMM. And if they're still patching vulnerabilities monthly, uh, then I would say that uh, you know this is just going to be universal, that the software will have vulnerabilities. And uh, we've, in the past, uh, made reference to things that have been found by people out in the community. Uh, there have been, in the past, SQL injections found for Automate. Uh, XXE vulnerabilities, uh, which is where you have an external XML inclusion uh, that basically it let you execute arbitrary code against a ConnectWise Automated Instance um, and just lots of other things like that. So, uh, you know, tech data side, all that aside, uh, we need to have the conversation around business risk. Uh, what would happen uh, if your MSP was hit by ransomware? Uh, We have, you know, everybody is concerned about this and there are different solutions for different parts. And uh, uh, lots of people are willing to sell MSPs, all sorts of, you know, pay-per-seat widgets uh, to guard against ransomware for their clients. But you don't have a lot of uh, actual products that are for the MSP to protect their tool stack.
0: Okay. So this, this slide looks like basically it's what you, what you told us. You've got, uh, the internet, it's going to the proxy first before it touches our ConnectWise server.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah
1: so uh you know we uh we already made mention of this like this is the uh the nice easy way to visualize this diagram at the end of the slide deck uh you'll see a little infrastructure of how uh we tie everything in and uh and how those requests look as we uh go through some of the uh crunchier uh technical slides coming up uh complete with fun attack examples but Uh, Before we get there, there is a a little middle piece that is worth noting, and that is uh, how an attack works. And, you know, back to our our favorite case study, Kaseya VSA. Uh, You know, we're defending against attacks, and they have phases, and as you can see color-coded on the slide, uh, they they typically go uh, in a very similar order. So you have your Uh, reconnaissance and that's where uh, an attacker finds your server and uh, we uh, the next slides are gonna you know cover examples of this and all that and we can do the deeper dive in the following slides but uh, if we're able to fingerprint from afar uh, the technology stack that that makes it child's play to locate these servers uh, to attack them once you have the vulnerability which brings us to the the weaponization
0: uh so so hold on Mm -hmm. how how do they actually figure out oh hey steve's got a connectwise server over here on xip because there's I, i don't know the combination but aren't there like billions of ips and and uh urls and all that like how do they know that this particular one is a connectwise server
1: yeah well uh there are a few ways to to figure it out, and uh, we uh, our service, which you know we'll get to all, all the particulars of that. Uh, we uh, w- we have security layers to protect against all of them, but IoT scanners, uh If I if I click back a couple slides here, uh, so Casaya VSA. Uh, this this screenshot is from Shodan, and so. Uh, Shodan just crawls the internet and, you know, tries to connect to each IP, and these servers sent back data. And so, uh, you can uh, you can see there that, you know, that's an HTTP 200 OK code. So, like, that server accepted that request, and uh, it spit back that it was a Kaseya server. And uh, I actually borrowed the search filter for this from... Uh, the DIVD, uh, they are the Dutch Institute for Vulnerability Disclosure. Uh, they had published a report after the Kaseya VSA attack. And um, this search is based on that little uh, favorite icon. If you see that little blue K uh, mm-hmm. next to next to that, uh, that, that's a file that the web server sends, and it has a hash. And you can search Shodan for those hashes. And you can, uh, with a paid account, you can filter Shodan by a lot of other data. And so uh, we can get into some of that in the the live demo after the slide deck here. Uh, But but yeah, uh, somebody else has done all the hard part of searching the internet and finding all this. So I, as the bad guy, just need to know what to search for. And uh, the bad guys who would be systematically, hacking rmms are probably going to have no problem uh figuring out the search terms and constructing such an attack got it okay so uh once we get to reconnaissance we get to weaponization and that is basically where uh you you pair up a a vulnerability with a known exploit so uh So they've discovered, oh, hey, we can SQL inject this, the server, we can MFA bypass or we can do X, Y, or Z. Uh, Now they just need to write some code to do it. And then you come to delivery where they send that code to your server. And then exploitation happens once the code hits the server, the code runs, and then you are exploited. And uh, then everything else after that happens on the server side. So all of your uh, EDR, all of your SIM, all of that, uh, that happens from installation to command and control to actions on objective. So everything that we sell with our proxy service and its WAF add-on happens before that hits your server. Okay. Cool. And so... uh, Let's talk a little bit more about reconnaissance. So a uh, screenshot on the top of the slide here. Uh, this is an Nmap scan of an Automate server. And uh, this is uh, very similar to how Shodan operates. Uh, it scans the internet by IPs and it pulls this data back in. And by scanning that server, I can figure out that this is a, uh, Server running IIS and it's running on Windows Server 2012, and uh, that's if I'm attacking, that's useful information. I can start to ask questions like, are there any vulnerabilities in that operating system? What about IIS? Are there any you know framework problems, things like that? And uh, it can be very easy to start to pair uh, known vulnerabilities with this version information and start to form an attack. And it's some of this, uh, you're, you're facing two different opponents here. There is the the dumb bot attack, and then there is the targeted attack, just like you have normal spam email, and then you have spear phishing. And so both are, are threats that you'd want to protect against. And So as you can see here, direct communication, you know, server spill in its guts. We know what it is and what it's about. But what if we proxy it? Well, that's a good question. So instead of seeing an automate server, well, now it sees a proxy. And it's obvious that this is a proxy running on a different operating system. But I don't know what that is underlying technology is. So if I'm trying to go after a Windows vulnerability, if I'm trying to go after, let's say that there's a zero day in Microsoft IIS. And Mm -hmm. while that, uh, some people might think that sounds a little far-fetched, if you think back to Exchange proxy login, well, there was a RCE for every on-premise Exchange server in the world. And so uh, hopefully that never happens. I don't don't want that to happen, but uh, it is feasible that there's a vulnerability discovered and well, people go to Shodan and start attacking servers. So on that surface level, just proxying can help you uh, avoid attacks like that. Uh, If I were looking for automate servers uh, and I saw something like this, I wouldn't think that this is an attack target, but uh, there's a little more to it than that. And uh, proxy. the nice next ro- proxy is that it goes from the network layer all the way up to layer seven. And uh, that is what we have coming up next. So these are uh, screenshots out of a uh, IoT tool. And the mm-hmm. screenshot on the right, this is an actual automation theory reverse proxy client. And on the left, you have uh, the first automate server I found, and uh, this is the, the difference at layer seven, and kind of shows how we keep a an automate server out of Shodan. Uh, we can configure the proxy uh, when inbound requests come in to only pass the traffic back if it meets certain checks, including uh, the the FQDN. So. Uh, here uh, the iot scanner was scanning the internet by ip the plain IIS server didn't bat an eyelid it just responded and uh, you can see all the server headers and versions and all that and it's redirecting to the wccq splash page broadband and on the right the proxy said that's not a valid request and it responds with 503 code that there's no service available here and if it didn't include any actual details about, oh yeah, this is an IaaS version or this is an automate server or anything like that. And that that just keeps you out of these scanners. And in a world where vulnerabilities are sold and then mass exploited, uh, keeping your systems out of these IoT scanners is increasingly important. Okay, so...
0: If if I'm understanding correctly, and I'm sorry, I'm not as technical as I used to be, um, and maybe that's just the uh, uh, imposter syndrome talking, right? But okay, so we've got a proxy, and now it's just saying, "Hey, I'm a proxy," instead of "Hey, I'm a Connectwise server." Can't can't we still like see what happens and?
1: start trying to do some exploit stuff you can and uh, that actually actually ties into our our next couple slides here. Uh, and uh, there are a few different things uh, that we can do to to prevent that and to uh, to mitigate for that when that that does happen because there's no such thing as a silver bullet in IT security. So, first things first. It will be when I'm done with it. (laughs) You let me know about that. But but here, uh, this is a screenshot of Metasploit, the well known hacking framework ships with Kali Linux. And we move into the weaponization phase of an attack as we talk about this, where we're just trying to pair up, hey, Uh, what's a code to attack this vulnerability? And the first part of this, as far as weaponization goes, is just seeing, can we pull a fast one on the attack framework? And here uh, we've configured both the local IP and the proxy IP of the same automate server And we asked the Kali uh, or the the Metasploit module to check, hey, are these vulnerable? And the local IP communicating straight with the server, you can see is vulnerable. And then it said the proxy is not exploitable. And so if you are a targeted attacker and you're using tools like this, well, uh, this might be a little bit of a a sleight of hand, but, if you if you don't know the full details, if you are doing a black box attack against an organization, uh, you might not pursue this. But to your point, uh, you could still try and exploit this. And uh, certain attacks uh, will you know be stopped when it sees oh hey you know this isn't a, a compatible you know web server or anything like that. But certain attacks, especially against the application layer. Uh, will pass through and that's where a WAF comes in because a WAF is scanning at the application layer. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, uh, later in the deck, we'll do some due diligence to WAFs, but there's also another important option that we can do when we want to reduce attack surface uh, to minimize the ability of bad actors to go ahead and actually try attacks. And that's where we get into delivery. And the proxy service does two things in this regard. Uh, the first one is going to be GeoIP and GeoIP. It's a very familiar technology and it's, it's rather humble, but it still has its place, especially against just bot-based attacks. If you have, uh, there was vulnerability against connectwise automate known as enraged duck and that's the name perch assigned to it and there was a bad actor who was downloading uh installers off of connectwise automate and they were uh doing so from russia so obviously they didn't have any problem finding these automate servers and then they were downloading uh, the Linux installer, which contained the server password. You know, that vulnerability has been patched many years back at this point, is no longer a concern. But uh, the big question is, why was your automate server accessible from Russia, especially if you don't have clients over there? And I don't know a lot of people who do. And, well, it's just a, a basic uh, uh, fundamental oversight. You know, nobody years ago was preaching to MSPs, GOIP lock everything. And so, well, by and large, that that guidance, while it's you know uh, obvious to to anybody who thinks about it, nobody was thinking about it. And so, we bolt that into our service, along with ACLs or access control lists, which are something that we can customize to your specific business needs. And you know, uh, we'll get to all the the things that we we include with our service, but uh, here on screen, uh, we have uh, something that we actually helped the client with. So this is an Automate server. And as you can see the UI is accessible from the United States, from California and- I'm
0: still mm? seeing the slide deck.
1: Yes, Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, yeah, talking about the screenshot on the slide, sorry. Um, So, so you can see that uh, from from California and Virginia, uh, we were able to connect to the Automate server. Uh, you see in the, the upper left there that Singapore has a four or three error message. And this was an agent only ACL. They had a client in Singapore and they needed those remote agents to communicate, but they didn't want anybody outside the US to be able to access the UI for Automate. And so, uh, you can see it's connecting, but not to that part of the application. Uh, the ACL was blocking that. Then anything outside of GUIP scope, like Brazil, Ireland, or Australia, they didn't have any clients, and so uh, the proxy doesn't even let them connect. If you're outside of GUIP scope, and so uh, between the two, uh, this this client has greatly reduced their attack surface. Instead of being open to the world. They're open to the United States plus a handful of countries they do business in. And you can only access Automate from inside the US. So you can still try and maneuver around certain controls. But that's where we bring in something like a WAF. Got it.
0: Okay. Well, this this looks good. I mean, all right, so you're preventing... Basically, people from other countries from being able to see the system. I mean, I feel like I could do that with Cloudflare, though, right? You you, got the Cloudflare firewall. I can, I can geo-target the, you know.
1: You sure could try. Uh, One thing that that we glazed over because I wasn't gonna pick on them too much. But if we jump back to our friends, Kaseya VSA, it's very small on the screen under that second listing. Did you see where it says Cloudflare? Uh, that that server, somebody thought they were gonna be smart and tuck it in behind Cloudflare. Well, uh, they did, but we still found it. Hmm. And so uh, this really comes down to how you you implement these sorts of solutions and technologies. Can you do it the right way? Absolutely. Uh, There are some unique challenges in regards to Connectwise Automate, and that uh, basically, uh, there's a community guide out there in the MSP Geek world for how to Cloudflare your Automate server, and it's better than nothing. I will, I will give it that. Uh, You're either when you implement that, you're either sacrificing heartbeats which is used for agent offline monitoring or SSO. So if you're an organization that has stood up your automate server as uh, ConnectWise advises, and they really like people to use their SSO, I'm not going to comment on that. Um, But uh, if you did that, then you're really stuck in a rock and a hard place about uh, how can we protect our application stack while keeping it secure or while keeping the functionality there. And that's that's where uh, a purpose-designed service uh, can be more useful to you. Uh, the other thing I'd note, which is uh, coming up later in the slide deck, uh, is that we're experts in the back-end application. So if you call us up and say, hey, my computer screen doesn't work. Well, uh, we know exactly what that part of the application is, and we can start to corroborate your symptoms into probable causes inside the security stack and troubleshoot and diagnose with you very quickly whereas your third party application vendor or WAF vendor doesn't know heck of a lot about your application and uh, the support that they're going to be able to offer to you is going to be a lot different Alright So with that before we talk about a WAF we have one bonus slide for you okay and that is uh, TLS hardening Uh, uh, as we were kind of cherry picking from our various uh, past presentations uh, I wanted to toss this in here as a function a security function of the reverse proxy and in a nutshell uh, TLS hardening is the process of locking down the versions of HTTPS that your automate server is using. Uh, we've we've done some other uh, industry research, and actually, 89% of automate servers are listening on plain old HTTP, which is a, a separate problem for a separate day. But you still have a lot of MSPs out there. Uh, you with their servers listening on older versions of TLS. And sometimes that's for compatibility reasons, like uh, you have a client who still has uh, Windows XP or old server 2008 uh, versions of Windows Server that won't support TLS 1.2, things like that. Well, with the proxy service, uh, we're able to go ahead and really harden those ciphers and apply some other best practices pretty easily that will greatly increase uh, the security around the cryptography component of an Automate server. And uh, we're also able to elegantly configure it for version fallback. And so if you do have XP or Server 2003 or unpatched Server 2008 or Windows 7 boxes, you're taking over a client and while well, they were really behind and these systems don't speak the most secure versions of TLS 1.2. You can add a fallback in your agent template for uh, all the way back to TLS 1.0. And as you guessed, you can apply an ACL to it so only agents can communicate on those older ciphers. And that makes sure that if you're a technician or something like that, you are always connecting through the browser uh, to the latest and greatest versions of TLS. But if you have a legacy device, uh, we can seamlessly let that communicate, but ensure that uh, nothing else can try and do any cryptography-based attacks against your staff.
0: Hmm. All right what else you got for
1: us my friend all right so so that was all the foundation of a reverse proxy couple mm-hmm. more slides and then it's demo time so uh, a WAF is a next our next topic and mm-hmm. it, uh, this is an add-on that we sell along with our proxy and it's essentially deep inspection for that inbound traffic so let's say that there was an attacker in North America and they found your automated server, even though you have it proxied and they want to attack you. Well, this is the next line of defense. A WAF is going to look at all parts of that request going into the server from the headers, to the cookies, to the payload, and is looking for things like protocol anomalies malicious user agents, such as known bots, exploit tools, things like that. And it's also looking for web attacks proper, whether that's uh, injection, file inclusion, cross-site scripting, or anything else that you'd find in the OWASP top 10 list. And every single request is receiving those checks. And so even if somebody can maneuver around your security controls, you know, they're in Russia, but they spin up... uh, an AWS server here in the US and they, you know, they're trying to launch an attack from there. Or uh, even if you've done IP whitelisting and they've managed to uh, wiggle in behind an IP that is on your safe list, well, uh, the WAF is still going to be looking for those attacks. And it picks up right where the proxy leaves off.
0: Okay, so doesn't Cloudflare have a WAF too?
1: It does, but again, your mileage may vary. Um,
0: and and to clarify, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's easy to set up. I'm I'm saying they have one. So so let me let me ask this question a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. If if you were to configure Cloudflare's WAF and proxy, would you be able to make it function just as well as you've figured out how to, how to make the automation theory reverse proxy function?
1: Not entirely, unless you want to pay two grand a month for an enterprise plan. If you want to shell out the cash, we can make anything work. Uh,
0: But why is that? Is it just because they they lock everything behind a paywall?
1: uh, uh, For for uh, custom ports and UDP traffic, yes. Uh, That's that's really where the rub comes in. So uh, there are some nuances to how WAFs work. Uh, If you're not uh, an integration company, with uh, dedicated logging and analytics across uh, a tool stack like this, uh, you're probably not going to get as secure of a WAF implementation, uh, which we can uh, chase that rabbit a little bit uh, when we talk about what's included in our service. But uh, automate, has about, uh, we're actually in the middle of writing the blog post about the different network components and, and what your firewall should look like in the ports and protocols and risks involved therein. But there are six different pieces of Connector Automate that all talk to each other. And, uh, part of, and they use different ports for some of that. And so you'd start to sacrifice certain things as far as functionality goes. Uh, that would require uh, custom ports or UDP traffic support or things like that, that will move you into something that's going to cost about 10 times as much as our solution. And you're back to uh, support can help you uh, build your widget in Cloudflare. But when your application doesn't work like the way you want it to, or you apply the latest automate patch and all of a sudden something breaks, their ability to help you troubleshoot is going to be a lot different.
0: Okay. So, and and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Um, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not trying to poo-poo your your product. I just know that you probably
1: get this question a lot. Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh. Definitely. And uh, like, there are there are people who want to do it themselves, and uh, will We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to live demo mode and we bust out Shodan and uh, and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: but yes, uh, this is a very common question and, and I, I do appreciate uh, the, the call out there because yeah, uh, some of that isn't necessarily obvious as you're uh, kicking tires and comparing products and doing evaluations of vendors and all that. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah. with that, let's talk about WAF and plain old automate servers. So uh, this is uh, what we have here in the slide deck. Uh, This is a request with the user agent set to be an NMAP scanner. User agent is just a little, uh, little bit that a request sends to the server. It's how when you pull up a website on desktop versus mobile, it knows uh, what format to send you based on the user agent of the device you're using. And so uh, we we send a request to the Automate server pretending we're Nmap and in this direct request, the server replies back, you know, 200 okay and sends us back HTML data. It's redirecting us and, and all of that. And well, from a security perspective, uh, you don't want your server to be talking to scanners Sure, And and here uh, we make that same request through a reverse proxy with WAF configured. And the WAF spotted that request and it responded with a 403 code and it it didn't spill the guts of the end server. It didn't try to redirect you anywhere, anything like that. Just straight old access denied. And this is a basic example, but it does a great job of demonstrating uh, the the functionality of uh, a WAF and how it can, you know, block known bad delivery methods and suspicious requests. And uh, it can also do the same thing for exploits. So uh, here, uh, this is a normal Automate agent communication. It is pretty crunchy. It's all, you know, just uh, server agent kind of behind the scenes traffic going back and forth. And uh, in the little red highlighted area, we added some malicious SQL to it. And uh, we sent that to the server and it replied back, you know, 200, okay. Server essentially didn't bat an eyelid at this malformed request. And uh, the agent traffic of your RMM this is something that still needs to be open to the world. Uh, You know, you can uh, lock down everything, but those remote agents for the product to work as advertised, need to communicate with the RMM server. And so uh, this attacks against the agent traffic, uh, we predict are going to increase as Mm -hmm. uh, MSPs, you know, harden their server and put other defenses in place Uh, but let's see what happens with the WAF. So as you can see here, uh, the WAF really shines. It saw the SQL in that payload and it matched it up against SQL injection rules and blocked it in a quick 226 milliseconds. And the protections of the WAF, they're going to apply across the whole application, everything from the... APIs to the control center, the web UIs, the agent communications, and any third-party additional integrations you have. And that makes it an extremely valuable security layer. So. Very cool. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm still with you.
1: All right. So, and just a, a quick review of how we stack all these different layers together uh, before we uh, bust out uh, the live demos and go hunting and shodan and all that. Uh, we uh, have a little comparison spread here. So a plain reverse proxy conceals your end server. So if you're a DOI MSP and you're like, I want to roll my own, uh, reverse proxy is going to get you that uh, concealment layer and hopefully protect against reconnaissance. Doesn't uh-huh. always work as advertised, we'll, we'll see that. Here at Automation Theory with our service, uh, we bake in a whole bunch of value adds as far as preventing enumeration, uh, the hardening, uh, the access control lists, and the, the proxy can also uh, block some basic attacks like you saw with the Metasplite. Uh When you bolt on the WAF, it can block more advanced attacks like you saw with the SQL injection. Mm-hmm. The agent traffic. It'll validate the the protocols, and it will also go ahead and do some exploit blocking. I'm sorry the uh, the attack tools. That was Nmap, and the exploit blocking was the SQL injection. So uh, that's where you know all the layers kind of come into place. Uh, we oftentimes sell the products in WAF as a straight package, and so. Uh, for anybody who's just wanting to learn more and explore about explore, you know these types of security devices, uh, that's how it all shakes out. Cool. All right. Well, uh, uh, beyond that, uh, we've we've pretty much uh, through our conversation covered uh, the additional of. Uh, what our service offerings look like. Uh, hmm. It is uh, a, worth a quick mention that you know this is drop-in. Uh, you can get a hold of us, we can spin you up a proxy, attach a WAF to it, and uh, you can run that in parallel with your current environment as you're testing and evaluating and things like that. Uh, okay. The implementation uh, is designed to be very easy. Uh, you, you update a template, you swap out a URL, and uh, you can get up and running with it, and we're there uh, to go ahead and, you know, answer questions and, you know, step you through various things if you get stuck. Uh, it's a fully managed service. We take care of all the back end of uh, making sure that your proxy stays patched, that your WAF rules are up to date, that any false positives are taken care of. And, uh, you know, we've designed it for the ConnectWise tool stack. Uh, we've talked about ConnectWise Automate. We can also tuck in ConnectWise control behind the same proxy. There's no additional cost for that. Uh, you just tell us, hey, you want to add control, we'll get your server information, plumb it in for you. And uh, we have a couple different common deployment models that, that we can walk you through depending on your particular stack. And these are dedicated proxy instances. You will get a static IP or multiple static IPs if you cluster your proxies. And those are those are yours. So and then the WAF. That's just transparent, inline, again, designed for MSPs running this software. And the rules are very granular. And that's the other thing when we talk about uh, Cloudflare or rolling your own versus um, a service. Uh, There's a community guide out there for, um, you know, building a WAF out in Azure. And there are certain rule IDs that are turned off. And those rule IDs happen to be things like SQL injection and... Uh, shell code and well, uh, those can be really tricky because Automate has a lot of SQL. It's actually a feature. You can write custom SQL queries. So you don't want your WAF to block that. But at the same time, if I'm a bad actor and I have found a chink in the application armor and I have a malicious SQL query, uh, you do want that blocked. And so uh, since we have at the back end infrastructure built out for it. Uh, each time that there's a uh, a blocked request that gets aggregated for us, and we're able to go through and and see, oh hey, this rule triggered for this part of the application, uh, and this was the subsection of that request. And so, uh, instead of disabling SQL injection uh, across the board, we can disable SQL injection for this screen with this filter. And so, you know. A common example of this in the web UI for automate, you can filter by various things and those filters will trip SQL injection rules. And so, uh, you know, if you're using a third party that doesn't uh, give you granular access, or if you don't have the time or resources to dig into, hey, what part of this actually failed? And part of that is getting the logging data off the WAF, which isn't available with uh, every service out there. Uh, you have to disable those rules wholesale. And so we're able to uh, give you something very granular because otherwise you end up with a a Swiss cheese waff. If you disable SQL injection for automate, where the, um, you know, uh, every, in the last few years, at least once a year, there has been a SQL injection vulnerability patched in that app. So if you you disable those rules, well, uh, you might as well not. Not have one of these, so. Hmm. And uh, we've we've covered all these benefits. Uh, it's worth the call that we are a Connectwise certified uh, integrator, and so we have a bat phone to uh, Connectwise development, and we can get requests to development faster than most partners can get regular support. So, uh, in the event you know there there ever was an upstream issue. Uh, we can act very quickly and get that resolved. And, you know, you as the MSP won't be on your own trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong, what happened in this latest patch, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we do also have a self-service API. So if you opt for uh, a deployment model where you have some trusted IP addresses, uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, in the event of a false positive, your Office IP... Uh, you know, doesn't get blocked or anything like that, well, uh, we have an API and you can pop in your list of IP addresses and self-service, all that. We also have some common diagnostics built in. So if you're trying to figure out, hey, uh, you know, this new client isn't communicating correctly with the proxy, uh, you have a whole suite of tools that you can use to uh, spot check your proxy status, communication with that other device, and you can typically resolve any common issue you'd have without needing to leverage our support. So, Okay. And with that, the last slide in the deck. Uh, This is basically how it looks over the internet. Everything hits the proxy. Uh, The proxy, if you have the WAF add-on, will send the traffic to the WAF and ask the WAF what it thinks. WAF responds back with a score log spam filter, and the proxy will either uh, block that traffic or let it through to your automated server.
0: Well, let's see it, man. All right. How, how do you demo a proxy?
1: Um, uh, I'll show you. Okay. Let me turn on my sharing here. Okay. So this is uh, proxydemo.automationtheory.org. And I will actually take this URL and I will copy it out of my my other browser because I have actually prepared for this. Uh, And I'll drop it in the chat. And this can be a fun uh, follow along. I'll drop it in that chat if you wanna put it out for our our audience there. So uh, that URL should only be open to a couple of IPs. If you click on it, uh, assuming my my dev lab is configured correctly, uh, you'll probably get uh, an error message, but... Uh, if you go, if you pop in and you go to lab tech, agent.aspx, uh, you should go ahead and get a screen that looks like this. Even if you got a four or three error on the first page, uh, that spits back the, the version number of your automate server and through your agents check into. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, if we go ahead, uh, we have a WAF test rule. So... Simple, but if you go test waf equals true, well, voila, uh, four hundred five method not allowed. Uh, so the the proxy saw that it matched against the test rule and blocked it. And to us, it appears almost instantaneous. You have no idea that you are, you know, being scanned by multiple security layers and all of that. And well, if you change that back to false. Voila! You are, you are back in, and so uh, it really is unique per request uh, as you are sending that back and forth. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. And uh, otherwise, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, we harden HTTP headers. Uh, you know, we wanted to, to cut down on the 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 boring parts of the of the slide deck. Not that hmm. header security is boring, but um, it was a little little abstract, and th- that can be a little um, the a little bit less fun. Uh, especially, uh, there are some. If you sign up for a trial of our proxy service, uh, we send you two reports. Uh, first one is going to be a header report. Uh, from Mozilla Observatory. And the second one is going to be uh, a report from SSI HTTPS certificate and ciphers and all of that. And those reports do a great job of uh, breaking down like, you know, kind of uh, strengths and weaknesses and, and what are the gaps in a default configuration. Uh, when we hook up a WAF, uh, it blocks those scanners. So I can't actually show you those reports uh, with my uh my lab environment here, but uh we can go ahead. Uh, I have my server. I actually have one other thing to show you here. So uh, we're gonna just do a SQL injection here. So if we were SQL injecting, uh, we're going to escape. We're going to type our SQL query, and then we're going to comment out the rest of the application's of SQL. And then, actually, go ahead and copy this. And then type in a password. You can see, well, the WAF picked up on that. And it blocked it. Now, if we go oh. to the server directly, uh, Shields down, and we type that in, well, we'll hit login, and it says, well, oh, I can't find a user because this isn't vulnerable to SQL injection, but it sent that to the server, the server processed it and then replied back to us. And so uh, if there was a vulnerability uh, that, that SQL would have executed. And so obviously uh, back to our conversation about good fundamentals. Yes, you should still have good fundamentals. You should keep your server patched. Uh, you should go ahead and uh, make sure your authentication is configured as it ought to be, MFA on everything, you know, all the old advice still does stand. But you don't wanna be out in Shoden. And we have a few Shoden tabs out here. Uh, this isn't filtered. Uh, you have some duplicates because MSPs have both 80 and 443 open. But uh, that 443 number is about correct uh, as far as what we've found in other reporting. In automation. So, uh, right now, uh, today, uh, there are about 7,700 Connectors Automate servers out in the world. And that includes, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we found 600 Kaseya servers, but there are, you know, almost 8,000 Connectors Automates out there. So, if you think about, well, what's the next attack target? If I'm uh, if I'm a bad actor and you know I have millions of dollars of ransoms that have been paid to me already, and I have time and resources to throw at my next big heist, uh, and I know MSPs are you know out there, and uh, uh, and they already kind of have the attack pattern of the Kaseya attacks, uh, all they need to do is find your vulnerability, and uh, you know once you're logged in. Uh, a basic Shodan account, which is 50 bucks, you can download this data and then import it into your little attack bot and go. And, uh, you know, that's what we we want to prevent with our, our products and services. Uh, you know, I was the RMM admin for an MSP and, you know, this is something I thought about. Uh, I, you know, walked through my office and, you know, all my coworkers and all this, and it's like, so if we get hit by ransomware, What's gonna happen to the business? What's gonna happen to revenue? What's gonna happen to my friends and coworkers who work here? What's gonna happen to our, our local community? Uh, because you know, we did business with uh, people who are who are local. Uh, you know, if I go to the grocery store, are those when a sale machine's gonna work? Because I shopped somewhere where my MSP uh, was the IT provider, uh, and you know, I go through the checkout line with uh, devices that you know, I used to I used to patch. My remote agents were on all those cash registers, and I, I knew that I was good to shop there because I knew those were updated on, on their patching. Um, when I was swiping my credit card, uh, different story. Anyways, so so yeah, what's the impact? Uh, my favorite thing to do is to work with uh, MSP owners uh, who you know they built their business from the, the ground up. They they know. Uh, all their customers, they know the stories, they know the pain points, and they've helped them to implement solutions. And, you know, when you have a craftsman business like that, uh, you know, it's just heartbreaking the thought of, oh, yeah, you could, you, could, you know, potentially uh, have a bad IT incident and certain businesses might not survive. While there are definitely a... Uh, A lot of other resources for, you know, kind of post attack uh, scenarios. I very much would rather put up some body armor in front of your server and prevent such an attack from happening. And uh, moving on to, uh, you know, people rolling their own uh, and all of that, you can go ahead and uh, with Shodan with an account, you can view a report and it'll break it down. There there are two things I wanna note here. Uh, As you look at this product screen, uh, Microsoft IIS, that's what Automate runs on. You then have Nginx, that's a Linux uh, web server. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a community guide out there for uh, how to use Nginx to reverse proxy your Automate server. It's recommended by people in the community And, uh, the thing I want to note about that is that, well, you, uh, it doesn't work to get you out of Shodan as, as written, uh, Shodan here has found 10 automate servers behind NGINX. It's found three behind Apache. These are MSPs who kind of rolled their own. And there's some brave soul using, uh, a service as CloudFront. So, uh, there are uh, people out there and they they have a, a false sense of security, unfortunately, where they think, oh yeah, we're proxied, we're secure, and well, if push came to shove, uh, those attacks would go straight through those reverse proxies and maybe they have a WAF on there, maybe they don't, but that uh, they are, you know, still visible, publicly innumerable, and uh, obviously with, you know, uh, how the laws are written here in the US, we don't know a lot more about their situation than what we see here. But, uh, you know, it is a concern of mine as there you know, are these community guides. I don't want to, uh, it is better than nothing. And I don't want to, uh, you know, steer people away from that unnecessarily, but it's it's not the security protection you think it is. The other thing that I want to call out Shodan is kind enough to tell us about these vulnerabilities. And uh, this is remote code execution. So, uh, and this vulnerability, it dates back to uh, 2015. So there are 11 MSPs out there who are running Automate servers, missing Windows Update. And anybody could go out and try to exploit this and run code and break into these MSPs and uh, uh, that that's a scary thought. That uh, you know, in theory, uh, depending on all the particulars of exploiting that vulnerability, in theory, you could have the headline tomorrow: uh, "Connectwise MSPs hacked," and it would you know be these eleven IT providers who uh, had their server exposed, uh, were also uh, behind on patching it, and uh, that's a That's a risk we don't want to see anybody take. And that's a headline we'd also like to avoid seeing in the news. Hmm. And that's why good fundamentals are still important. uh, Even if you do add security layers like reverse proxy.
0: Well, I got to say, this has been eye-opening. Like I said, I'm not a security professional, so I know I'm missing a bunch of questions. Uh, but for those of you that are watching this later on, uh, you know, how how can we reach you, Jeremy? We just go to automationtheory.org. Is there a contact form? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, up at the top header of the website, uh, you'll see our ticketing email connector that support at automationtheory.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, uh, that will go ahead and get you uh, a ticket. And uh, you can send any uh, general questions, trial requests, things like that. Uh, we also have uh, one other link I will pop into chat for you uh, for any uh, ConnectWise MSPs out there. On our website, we have a, a scanner we put together uh, specifically for ConnectWise Automate servers. And so uh, you can pop your, your server in there and it will show you reports. It'll cover some of the things we talked about and some other things that we didn't quite fit in, like open ports or uh, search engine enumerability, things like that, Uh, a lot of fun stuff out there. But that will uh, go ahead and uh, give you uh, a report of uh, what needs attention with your Automate server and it it will pre-populate a trial proxy uh, request down below. So if you look at that and you realize, oh, hey, you know, we do have uh, gaps that we'd like to try out a proxy with, well, it should be a click or two from there once you get your results. And uh, otherwise we are very active in the MSP Geek community. So if anybody is out there, uh, we have our own channel and uh, that's also a great way to get a hold of us
0: really cool. Now, I got to say, I got to beat you up on this a little bit. So guys, I just I just need you to go to this mysterious website and punch in your server details and we we'll, we swear we're just doing a security scan to show you stuff, not to do nefarious things. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so there is uh, an FAQ on that page so uh we don't store uh the scan results uh it, that is one thing that is important to us yes okay we, we um, don't it, store. <laughs> sorry is, uh, that, uh, so uh the only thing uh and it says they ran right the page the only thing that that we keep around uh, would be uh the the name email and server address just to make sure that uh, no bad actor is using our scanning tool to scan <laughs> for, for automate Fair. servers. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, the tooling that we have out there isn't being abused. Uh, you know, and otherwise, uh, uh, our, our server scanner is a combination of things that you'd find on SSL Labs and Mozilla Observatory. And, uh, you know, we do a port check for things like, is your MySQL database port open? Automate runs on a MySQL backend and well... Uh, We've seen MSPs out in Shodan that have their MySQL port open. Uh, that used to be a good practice, and now it's not. Uh, in our other recorded webinars, I actually, you know, included a "Stop what you're doing right now and go like go check that in your firewall," um, because that is a big attack vector. Um, and the other side of the shop is, you know, patching databases, and uh, we have a webinar out there on like if I can get database access and and wiggle in, like what bad things can I do? And it's a lot. Um, if you Like hacking webinars, that's out on our uh, our YouTube channel. But uh, but yes, the uh, you know if you uh, if you feel a little nervous about using uh, our scanner, you know, go use your own scanner. But but educate yourself on like uh what is you know best practice and what are the gaps in the standard automate server and then what are you going to do about it you know there are uh you know eight thousand automate servers out there uh there are too many automate servers uh for us to be the only uh vendor for this right now i don't know of anybody else who is you know offering uh these same services but uh you know we can't take the whole world <laughs> as an automation okay. theory client. So uh so to that end, uh yeah, uh four for MSPs who are, you know, of the size and scale and scope where it makes sense to try that in-house. Uh more power to you. Uh, but uh, we work with MSPs of all shapes and sizes from one and two man consulting shops all the way up to um you know twenty thousand plus endpoints, uh, multiple uh, offices, geographies, time zones, and uh, we, uh, our primary client base is in the US, but we also have clients in Canada, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. So uh, basically anywhere that's uh, English speaking and uses uh, ConnectWise software, and even in a few places that, uh, that don't speak English as well. Uh, so. That's
0: really cool, man. Well, hey, Jeremy, I really appreciate you popping on here and and educating us about reverse proxy and WAF services um even if people don't buy your stuff, I feel like i've I've learned a heck of a lot today on on how some of the security stuff works and i I truly thank you for that yeah. but you should totally buy a
1: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, uh, it's always my pleasure. I'm always happy to to talk about this and walk people through it. And, uh, you know, heck, there's even more stuff that, that we didn't cover here. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, anytime anybody has questions, just let us know. Cool. Thanks, Jeremy. And
0: thank you, everyone, for uh, watching the latest episode of Rocket MSP. You take care.